Hey everybody, this is Tyler, your host of 23 Pills Podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, today I am joined by a familiar voice, Simi, um, and a newcomer to our show, Emmy. We are going to be talking about um, the importance of leadership and how it can help someone who is thinking about getting into school and even uh, during school and how it can help further one's career in pharmacy because uh, leadership is very important and uh, we always need good leaders. And it's a little, it's, it's too easy, I think, to become a, a poor leader. And um, so we'll kind of get into all that. But first, I just wanted my guests to introduce themselves. Uh, we, know, we know and love Simi um, here in her episode from, from last time talking about internships. So, Simi, welcome back. Thanks, Thanks for, for being here. Thanks for having me back. For sure. And, Emmy, can you give us a little uh, introduction who you are and how you got here? Sure. Thanks for having me as well. I'm Emmy. I went to undergrad at the University of Utah, and now I go to the College of Pharmacy here at the University of Utah. I am in my first year, and I'm loving it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thanks for being here on the show. Um, so let's kind of get this started with, with leadership. First of all, um, I think it's very cool that both of you have had leadership experience in the past. And unfortunately, I think nowadays, um, real, I don't know, I, I have to phrase this carefully, real world leadership, you know, being like a supervisor or, or a manager or president of something, I think a lot of people are lacking, um, I don't know how much opportunity people have even before getting into pharmacy school um, have, you know, for, for real, for lack of a better term, experience being a leader. And so I think that's very cool. Um, I, I had uh, kind of a similar experience with leadership. Um, a lot of my leadership experience actually comes from the military. Um, so I, you know, had the opportunity to uh, be a uh, a flight lead in basic training and then, you know, um, had some, some element of leadership roles in my squadron and things like that where I work currently. And that's been really cool. And I feel like that kind of gave me a, a big upper hand, um, to get into pharmacy school. It looks, looks really good on the good old application. Um, so what kinds of, we'll start with Simi, what kinds of, uh, leadership opportunities did you have before you started pharmacy? So before I started pharmacy school, um, the year that I was going to apply, I got involved heavily with my local pre-pharmacy club at the University of Utah. That's where I did my undergrad. And I was actually the vice president of the organization. So I was involved with it for a few months. And then afterwards, once we had the new school year start, new positions open, officers elected, I was able to get the vice president position in there. And then um, my student, she, or not my student, <laughs> um, my sister, um, she's currently in dental school, but at the time she was the president of uh, Students for Smiles, which is a dental club on lower campus as well, and then I helped her out with that as well. Um, but yeah, those were the two main, like, official leadership positions that I had under, like, during my undergrad before pharmacy school. Awesome. Very cool. Emmy, what about yourself? I was a teaching assistant for the human physiology class, and that was a huge leadership role because I had the opportunity to teach students as well and help them with the material and help them for exams and quizzes. And then I was also a creative director for an online journalism club called Her Campus. We do sort of 
articles kind of like BuzzFeed where students from the University of Utah can talk about their experiences on campus in Salt Lake City or whatever they really want, um, basically. And so I became creative director, which meant I managed photographers that would bring original content to uh, her campus at the University of Utah. And then there were a bunch of informal leadership roles that got me to there, uh, too. And I was also involved in um, pre-pharmacy club. I was a treasurer or historian, I think, something like that. And it was really fun to be involved. And we came up with ideas to involve pre-pharmacy students to get to know each other, because it was sort of hard to know who was in pre-pharmacy club. Right. I think Simeon yeah. can speak to that, too. I was, in fact, um, in a class with one of our classmates. And we didn't know we were pre-pharmacy until the day of our interview. And we looked at each other and we thought, what? We've been in class this entire time. We had no idea. It was really fun. But things like that. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah, that's super cool. Um, well, great. So what what's your definition of uh, a good leader versus a bad leader in, in like very short amount of words? Go. Okay. So I'm a fanatic about Brene Brown. And she has a very succinct definition of what a good leader is, and that is someone who has the courage to step up and encourage the potential that they see in people and processes. And a bad leader is someone who chooses not to lead from heart, but lead from hurt. Mm. And so she has really spoken to me about what I kind of already knew about leadership but didn't know how to put into words, um, since she is a PhD in sociology and she has studied courage and, and in leadership and vulnerability and all those things uh, that make up a good leader. And she wrote a book about it called Dare to Lead. Dare to Lead. Dare cool. to Lead, if anybody wants to learn more about that. Yeah, that's awesome. I've never, I've never thought about that. I like that quote, lead from heart, right, and not from hurt. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, Simi, what are your thoughts? My first thought is, Emmy, you are so cultured. <laughs> that was not my answer. <laughs> um, for me, kind of along similar lines, like a good leader is someone who's able to recognize the needs, you know, and like of the team, the current struggles that the team's having and like how you can overcome those. And I think a lot with like leading from heart, not hurt, working as a team is a very strong suit and like being able to do teamwork essentially, I think that's what makes a good leader. Um, Another aspect of a good leader is, like, recognizing, you know, like, this is what my team needs at this moment. If a plan's not going as I wanted it to, let's shift it to what the team needs at this time to make sure, like, you're able to have a good bond with each other and that no one's feelings are hurt just because you're trying to get something done efficiently or in your way, you know. Um, and that's kind of going along with, like, what a bad leader would be like, like someone who's kind of selfish and like they have specific goals that they want to do but they're not willing to budge you know and recognize like this isn't the best plan or the best option but we're still going to continue with it and so like a good leader I think they uplift their team and like a bad leader would just be someone who doesn't really care what the team says and so yeah and I think a good leader also recognizes teamwork this is just something that like I've noticed a lot in my experience as well though but like I'm super dependent on my team because they have skills that I don't, you know, like I'm okay with a certain aspect of this project. However, like, like I'm okay with thinking about all the creativities and like all of like the cool things that we could do, but like someone's better at executing them 
or someone's better at being like, you know, realistically, your idea of having like a hot blue is like not practical <laughs> here at the college farms or whatever, you know, like they're able to be like, that's kind of a silly idea. Let's not do that. This would be more practical. So being able to realize that while you may be the overall leader of the team, you can't do it yourself and that there's going to be certain qualities and traits that you're going to need to rely on in the others around you. Yeah. So being able to delegate. And yeah. Oh, for sure. On others. For sure. Because, I mean, another thing for, like, leaders to know is, like, and Ashley had also mentioned this in a previous podcast, Ashley Godin, but, like, you can't take on, like, way too much as a leader, you know, because you may feel like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I can do that. Like, or you may get into this mode, like, it'd just be easier if I did this by myself. Um, when you do that, you're taking on too much of a burden. It can lead to burnout very easily. But then I think you're also kind of, not giving others the opportunity to grow as well. You know, like, I think, like, good leaders recognize, like, if this person was given this project that I know that I could do, perfectly fine. But this other person who has the skills, but they just need to be sharpened, if they were given the task, like, the responsibility, the task to carry on this project, then, like, you're giving them an opportunity to grow. You're giving them an opportunity to, like, you know, be able to better themselves, to gain a skill essentially, you know, and that way they'll find value in the work that they're doing and they'll be more committed to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. That's awesome. Um, what would you say? I'm going to throw a question at you. Um, if I were to say the only type of good leader is someone who has a very a type personality and very outgoing, what would you say to that? Emmy? I would disagree that every leader needs to be type A. Because I think good leaders come in different forms. And sometimes type A people, speaking as a type A person myself, um, we can be a little neurotic or controlling and, like Simi said, take on too much. And everybody needs to learn a little bit of type B in their lives, I think, and have a good mix of both, even if you have one personality as a dominant type of personality and be able to let go of control and swallow your pride and say you know I can improve myself and also I can delegate tasks to other people I'm not a superhero things like that gotcha I think that various different like leadership positions require either a type A personality or someone who's not a type A I mean I think about the leadership positions that I've had and I kind of had to force myself to be like that type A, like super energetic, like, yeah, let's go. This is awesome. This is amazing, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't think it's necessary to have that type A. Like, you know, pharmacy, we're known to be kind of like the people behind the counter, kind of quiet. Um, and, like, that's kind of like, you know, the type of people that you're going to interact with, you know, in, within this career as well. But... A lot of them are not type A, but they're going to be in leadership positions where, you know, they're in charge of a team, right? Like, let's just say you're on the informatics end of pharmacy and you're just like, sorry for my lack of knowledge about informatics, but like, you're just like on your computer. The computer nerd. You can say it. It's fine. (laughs) They take pride in that, I think. Speaking as a former (laughs) computer nerd, it's like badge of honor. So, (laughs) Okay, well, Tyler, you have spoken. (laughs) Um, But like, you know. There's just, like, certain personalities that will do well with specific leadership positions. But I think, like, as a pharmacist, if you think about it, usually in, like, 
today's setting, especially in like retail or even like up on the floors when I'm doing med recs with my pharmacist, I'll have one pharmacist there and then they're in charge of the interns and they're also in charge of the technicians. So I don't think there's any a time, like there's never a time while you're a pharmacist that you won't be a leader, you know, which is why I think having this podcast and talking about leadership is very important because like not everyone in pharmacy school is type A, right? But everyone here will eventually at some point in their career be in charge of technicians or interns, you know, and they're looking at you to lead them. You know, like if this problem arises, you know, X happens, what are we going to do? They're going to look at you, you know, and you need to have the leadership skills to either like delegate or take the task on or like, you know, solve that, like handle the situation as best as you can with like the resources you have and stuff, you know? So like, yeah. Type A, not necessary. Everyone in pharmacy is going to be a leader eventually. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I brought that up just because I, I think a lot of people might have the idea that, oh, I wouldn't be a good leader. Or I can't I can't inspire anybody or, you know, lead people because I'm just very quiet or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't have that type of personality. So thanks for kind of dispelling that myth a little bit. Um, so let's talk current situations which is why we why I wanted to invite you both here um, let's start with Emmy Emmy what um, you, you're in a leadership position right now in the College of Pharmacy can you kind of explain what that is and the type of stuff that you get to do mm-hmm. so I was elected as the class student rep for my class of 2023 and I will be representing the class for two years um, and What I do, I'm on a part of a bigger student council that's filled with the other pharmacy class reps, as well as some PhD students from MedChem, from toxicology, and other departments within the College of Pharmacy that aren't PharmD students. And we review faculty retention, promotion, and tenure reports, and we decide whether or not they get to go to that next level um, and then move it up to the big guys upstairs uh, to further decide if they get a recommendation, basically, and they incorporate that into, into their own decision-making. So it's not just us. We delegate the tasks then to more higher-up people. And then other than that, I am required to meet with the dean's office and discuss what to do to improve my class, basically, whether or not that is um, something on the faculty and or something that my class could use. Um, basically, just give feedback and receive feedback on what they see, what I see. So, you know, if there's an issue in curriculum, I say, we don't like this in the curriculum, and then that's, they receive that feedback. And historically, the dean's office and faculty as, as a whole is really good about soliciting feedback and receiving feedback and processing it to improve our curriculum and our morale and I think everything about the college. And so that's a little bit about what I do as a class rep. Very cool. Um, How has being the class rep um, helped you during your program And, and, and in your personal life as well? I think it is rewarding first and foremost, because I really enjoy interacting with my class. And I really enjoy uh, being able to see the bigger picture 
of pharmacy school and seeing how much goes into it because I get to see all the responses to faculty one member at a time and things like that. And so it has given me a lot of perspective of how incredible this program is and it also is really nice to interact on it and be a resource for my classmates. Um, and I, It has also helped keep me accountable for being a good student myself because well, there were times in the semester where we had a lot going on and I was like, hey, let's make a study guide. And that helped me too, right? Making a study guide benefits me by keeping me on top of my studying as well. So things like that. It's just been really, really fun and rewarding. Awesome. And do you, um, through the next three years, do you aspire to have other types of leadership roles? I want to be Simi when I grow up. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure as everybody agrees in oh listening to this podcast and the prior podcast um, episodes. Yeah, no, uh, being a bigger part of you spot, I think, is something I'm interested in. As I've already talked to somebody about this, I'm like, I want to be on eboard because you guys are so cool and I really believe in the mission. Um, and maybe being more involved in APHA as well. Cool. Just for people um, who... We throw a lot of acronyms around this show. I'll like, soup. Like <laughs> wow. Wow. Buy a, buy a Coke or whatever your <laughs> drink is. Um, yeah, these acronyms. So so what we're talking about now, APHA and USPA, those are uh, professional organizations, um, not just in the in, in pharmacy school, but it's they're nationwide yep, um, organizations. national organizations. Very big deal. And yeah, so that that actually kind of leads us into a good segue into uh, into Simi's world. Simi has a very unique and uh, I, I would say prestigious opportunity to wow. lead. And, and notice I said opportunity to lead, not you know job as a leader or, or anything like that. And and I think she might speak a little bit more to that. So uh, Simi, can you tell us what you do and and um, how your time in your leadership role has has uh, affected you in school and, and on a personal level? For sure. Well, thank you for all those kind words. Um, so She's so humble. That's a good leader. <laughs> See, no one mentioned being humble, so that's a good trait to have. All right. Well, so currently I am the president of the Utah Student Pharmacist Alliance. This is a student organization here at the University of Utah, and Ultimately, um, just to give you guys kind of a brief look into what student organizations here look like, we have USPA, which is kind of like the overarching organization, and we kind of help make sure that like all the other student organizations are running successfully, and we also work with the dean's office to make sure if they have any needs specifically regarding students that they think would be better run by students, that we're able to take on those tasks. So. Um, not necessarily under, I like to say with USPA, within USPA we have the American Pharmacist Association, APHA, we have ASHP, um, which is the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, we have AMCP, which is the Academy of Managed Care Pharmacists, um, CPNP, which is the College of that's our psychiatrist. Like, uh oh, uh oh, I know. Her ranking's right? going down. My ranking is I'm kidding. No, no. I don't have all of these memorized, guys. Um, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. We have a lot here. We also have NCPA, which is more of our like um, retail pharmacists, more of our community pharmacists. Um, we also like 
APHAI had mentioned. Um, we have UPs, which is a specific like pediatric club um, for those who are interested in pediatric pharmacy. We also have UONC, which is one of the newer ones that have joined USPA, and then they are all about oncology. Um, and then I believe I caught most of them. If I missed any, I'm very, very sorry. Um, but basically, all of these different organizations, they have specific interests or like specific areas of pharmacy that they kind of take over. And then they host their various events um, in which they invite pharmacists, um, do volunteering activities, community service, or, you know, set up hours for students to go shadow specific pharmacists in like various different settings. Um, and so... That's kind of what's under USPA, but like my role within USPA is making sure there's like kind of not really harmony, but like getting everyone to like work together. And because there are so many, if we have um, any opportunity for us to collaborate, how we would best, you know, do that. And like, again, with delegating roles, um, we also hold like monthly meetings and stuff in which we're able to communicate, you know, and be like, hey, this is what we're doing. If a club needs any sort of support, they can ask others for that. Um, and then we also work heavily with the dean's office. We work with like new student orientation. Um, we do a lot of stuff around finals time. We have ugly Christmas sweater parties, and, <laughs> you know, farms giving, um, and just the whole. And like we help facilitate like the elections um, here at the University of Utah. If you're running for a student organization position, like president elect, um, those usually happen in like January, February. So we help facilitate those as well. Very cool. Um, but to add on to that, like, the second part of your question was, like, what are you doing and, like, how has it benefited you? I like to – honestly, though, I feel like this position has given me a lot more than I have given to the position itself because, like, the networking has been amazing, you know, and, like, the skills that I have gained throughout this position have just been, like – they've helped me so much become, like, the person that I am today, you know, like, I'm able to – go up to people and like talk to them a certain way about a certain issue, you know, or like learn how to collaborate with others or learn what to do if like people are upset, you know, like we didn't get enough funding. How do we do this? Or like triaging, you know, situations or tasks or, you know, um, it's also helped like what a big part of it has been like the networking opportunities that I've had because of like my involvement with like USPA, I've been able to be involved with like our more, um, state organizations like on like a, so you have like your student organizations and you have like your state organizations I've been able to like join up with them you know to talk about certain issues or get involved in like a student aspect of their organization as well you know so yeah I feel like the opportunities are endless and they just keep growing and growing and growing. That's exactly how I feel. You, yeah. When I said rewarding like five times in a row, that's that's what <laughs> I meant. Because it's given me way more than I've given it, yeah. even at the start of it all. And I just like can't thank anybody enough for this opportunity. Yeah, very cool. Um, who are some of your uh, leadership role models that you've had throughout your life? Uh, Emmy, you go. My mom. Oh, like yeah. to, Not to be cheesy, but she is honestly such a strong human being and exemplifies everything I want to be in a leader um, with her humility, as you said, with her grace under pressure and her ability to persevere. Um, other than my mom, I think my sister too, um, so along that same line, I was blessed with strong figures in my familiar life 
um, Shonda Rhimes, who is the creator of Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. Is Love Scandal. Great, Love. Shows. great shows. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, she also has shown growth publicly in her autobiography, which is called Year of Yes. You should read it, too. I'm, I'm, I, this it wasn't meant to be a book recommendation podcast, but um, it really inspired me to be able to be introspective about my own life and grow continuously on a day-to-day basis. So those are some of my role models. Awesome. What about you, Simi? So I don't read books, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to. You're too busy leading. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, early on in, like, this whole grand scheme of pharmacy school, a lot of, like, my leadership role models have been my parents. Um you know, they immigrated here from the States. Now they're at the place where they're running their own businesses. And so, like, seeing them grow throughout the years in terms of, like, how to manage employees or, like, what to do if this situation arises or, um, you know, just how to, like, talk to people as well. You know, like, how to be a leader. I think a lot of it I learned through them. And then, like, now in pharmacy school, like, the more people that, like, I'm exposed to and, like, get to network and, like, meet, you know, I see people, like within faculty, who have faculty positions here at the college, you know, they're working, they have faculty positions, they're also doing a ton of service, you know, like Dr. Kyle Turner, he's a youth ball faculty mentor, and he is amazing in what he does, and, like, he's so involved with, like, student organizations, and even, like, on national levels and stuff, and, like, state levels, and just seeing, like, the passion that they have to, like, make a difference and make a change in pharmacy specifically, like, you know, like, role models keep evolving. The more people I meet, the more role models I get, you know. So it's been amazing. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I I hate to take up all of our time, um, but I think I've taken enough of your guys' time on this one. Um, but I, I just kind of wanted to echo what, what they're saying, is that um, being a leader isn't, isn't about, you know, having power over other people. Yep. It's about inspiring and lifting up others and empowering them to be the, the, their best versions of themselves. Would you agree? For sure. And learning. Learning every day. Yeah. That's what leading, leading is about. Learning is It's awesome not about knowing too. it all. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So um, for anyone out there who, you know, kind of feels like, oh, I, I'm not the type to, I'm not cut out to be a leader. I can't lead anybody. Um, I'm, I'm just a good follower. Good, good followers are very important too. Um, and you know, you don't have to call yourself a follower. Um, if, if I've learned anything in pharmacy, especially from being a technician, this is kind of an off, off the, you know, side, side subject, but, um, the best pharmacies are built on the backs of the best technicians, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if you, you can go to any pharmacy and ask, um, the pharmacist, what do you do? And I bet the majority of the time they'll say, Pretty much nothing. Um, I'm just, I just, you know, verify the, the scripts. It's really the technicians that do everything. So, um, yeah, if that can give you any impression of, of what being a leader is like in the pharmacy world, I, I don't know of any a better example than that. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're worried about that and uh, try, try to look around in your own communities for uh, opportunities to be a leader. It doesn't need to be huge like we've talked about. Um, it, can be, it can be the simplest thing. Um, but developing the mentality and attitude and traits of a leader, I think are way more important than the position title that you hold. 
Exactly. On that same vein, I like to think of informal leadership as a type of leadership because it's not like you have a title. Like in her campus, I wasn't, I didn't start out as a creative director. I started out as a mere writer. I'm saying that with air quotes. Um, but I wasn't just, just a writer. Like there were moments where I took on some projects and suggested some projects. And also as a former technician, I can also speak to that there were informal leadership opportunities, helping out patients and going the extra mile there that really show. And then you can speak to that experience when you interview for pharmacy school or wherever you want to go um, with your life. And volunteering also is like another informal leadership experience that I think every single person in pharmacy can speak to is super rewarding and you can learn a lot. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. Um, I, I thought it went really well and thank you for your examples and leadership. Uh, definitely people to look up to and, and I know a lot of people do. So thank you very much for everything that you do. Um, so I started a thing, um, Instagram page. We have an Instagram page. So I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge social media person in the first place. I never have been. Um, and so with the assistance of my sweet wife, we have now have an Instagram page. So it's 23 pills all spelled out because the other username was taken. So, you know, 20, the word 23 pills is our Instagram handle. Is that what it's called? Handle, yeah. Yeah, you okay. got it. See, you're teaching me. Yeah. Cool. So follow us on Instagram and, uh, yeah, I, I also wanted to, if if Emmy's cool with this, um, post links maybe to the books that she's mentioned about leadership um, for those who are bookworms and like to read. Me and Simi will not read books, <laughs> although, you know, those sound very great. We'll uh, get the Spark Notes. Remember Spark Notes back oh, in yeah. high school? Oh, it's still there. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you have to use it in pharmacy school. That's probably not allowed. Anyways, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned for uh, our next couple episodes with some awesome pharmacists that we have coming up. And thanks for your support. Keep listening. Thanks for having me.